What's up? Hey. I'm Ashley. And I'm Tania. And you are back listening to another episode of You I Do. The podcast that is helping you find your perfect venue. We should have had this episode so long ago, not close to our 100th episode, but we're having it now, which is perfectly fine. Um, and it's all about helping you hubus find your wedding venue. This episode is so needed. So please listen, take note, and actually put these tips and tools into play. Yes. And even if you think you know everything about finding a venue, you might be in the process now, or maybe you're still just a girlfriend, a boyfriend, you, you almost there. You really need to listen to this episode because you'll see in a second, but this was, this was good. And, mm-hmm. and for some of you dolls that have already gotten married, go and listen back and just think of all the things that you probably weren't even paying attention to when you booked your venue because we both learned stuff okay that we wish we would have known yep we here now so. yeah so we're helping you out the hue booze without the venue enjoy the episode y'all bye bye <laughs> not really bye but anyway. All right. So our Hubus, I want y'all to get to know one of our very special guests today, someone I've known for years. Guess would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, everyone. My name is Stephanie Perry, and I own Stephanie Perry Events, which is a wedding planning and design firm out of Tampa, Florida. We're so happy that you're on today. Um, I feel like this has been in the works for a very long time. And honestly, I feel like we could have had you on so long ago, but you know, this was the right time and we're just really happy to have you here. So we are going to talk about a topic that surprisingly we haven't talked about yet, which is selecting your venue and you know, that process, because that's extremely important, very important. It is super important. And not only am I coming on as a planner, but I am also on the venue hunt myself. So I'm using my own tips. Ooh, okay. We are planning our 10-year vow renewal. So oh, uh, my destination gosh. vow renewal in New Orleans. So I'm wow. literally right all over again. Oh my gosh. I love that. Oh my gosh. Yes. Especially in New Orleans. Yes. Like, oh, that's going to be fun. Yes. It's our favorite city. So when we were thinking about where do we want to do this redo um, and make it really special to us, we, we picked New Orleans because we normally go every year. Um, this past year is actually the first time we haven't gone. So now we're going in January. So we can go venue hunting. <laughs> oh, I love that. Yes. Ooh. Ooh. And we oh, know we... a couple people over there. So, you know, yeah. if you need some help, you know, we can reach out. <laughs> we can reach out. <laughs> right. Reach out to some of the contacts. Oh, my God. Yeah. I love that. Oh, I can't wait to see all the photos and stuff when, it, oh my God. <laughs> when it's all said and done. Oh, my gosh. It's such a beautiful city. And I can't wait till I get to go. <laughs> it's beautiful and the food is amazing. <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah. That's number one. <laughs> yes. I love that. Uh, for those that don't know you, Stephanie, tell us a little bit about you. Kind of how did you get into the industry and, you know, all of those good things. So I, um, as I mentioned, I'm planning my vow renewal. So that's kind of how I fell in love with weddings. Um, So that's going on nine years ago. Now we got married in April of 2013. And at the time, I didn't really jump into the wedding world. Um, It was always just kind of a passion. I was doing a lot of just one-off freelancing things. And then back in 2008, I uh, became one of the venue managers for a local venue here in St. Pete called Nova 535 which was honestly such an amazing experience. Just having all the wedding stuff 
happen from being on the venue side to being their venue manager. So I was coordinating weddings, um, started adding more responsibilities. So I was getting more involved with couples and then COVID happened. So our venue shut down. We had, we literally went from, yes, well, for COVID reasons. So they are definitely up and kicking now. Um, But we, that's it. It went from literally weddings on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday to Mm -hmm. nothing. So Stephanie Perry events was born. It was time to bring on couples that were outside of the venue space. And uh, we ramped up really quickly. (laughs) Um, I did. The cool thing is being in the industry, I was able to make those vendor connections from the venue space. So going into being an independent planner really just helped. And the last year and a half has been absolutely amazing. My couples are awesome. It's just being in the wedding industry, celebrating love is really what it's about. I know they say wedding planning is one of the most stressful jobs on earth and it does get stressful. Don't get me wrong. (laughs) It does get stressful, but it all is all worth it. Like day of when everything is said and done and you see your couple walk down the aisle, it's, it makes everything so worth it. Oh my gosh. I love that. And honestly, okay. So I knew you were in the industry, but I never like, you know, my assumption was because we see this so often I was planning my wedding and then I decided to become a planner. So I love how you actually started from the venue side because that's a lot of experience there. That's a lot of different type of clients that you have to interact with more so than you being the client, (laughs) you know? So, oh, that's awesome. It definitely, I felt like introduced me to so many couples and just Mm -hmm. different couples in different walks of life where maybe I wouldn't, as a wedding planner independently, I wouldn't stumble upon because maybe they're not my ideal client. I'm not their ideal planner, but their ideal venue was there. So it definitely, it was, it's been, and I say it has, but still I go back and forth. So I have a wedding there next month and I'm still on roll call. As you can say, they need me. I jump in. (laughs) I love that. And it's great that, you know, you have that experience from a venue standpoint, because you will be our expert in this conversation tonight. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. You've you've seen it on all of the sides. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Love that. Now we're about to play a quick game of this or that. This game is sponsored by our friends at Flower Moxie. Um, You can save a lot of money with your flowers by using Flower Moxie. So head to flowermoxie.com slash UIDo to learn more. Y'all should know this is a game we play every single week where you pick between one option or the other and explain why. So, of course, Stephanie, we're going to have you go first and then Tania and then I'll circle it back around. So this is on theme. Nothing too scary. I'm saying that more for Tania because I feel like she always judges my (laughs) this or that selections. But anywho. All right. So to start. Would you prefer to have a garden ceremony, which means everything else would take place indoors or a garden cocktail hour? So everything else. So the ceremony and the reception would take place indoors. I will say a garden ceremony. Um, And I just love the aesthetic of the outdoors. Um, Minimal decorations for garden ceremonies. Ooh. Um, versus having to decorate inside. Um, and it's like I said, it's a personal preference. That's my ceremony was outside and the next ceremony will also be outside. <laughs> love that. Okay. All right. What about you, Tania? So I love the aesthetic of being outside. However, I've had my fair share of like attending weddings and they were outside. And, you know, it's either, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's either too hot. Well, usually, well, each time that I've attended, you know, like a garden, you know, like ceremony, it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's been in the middle of the summer. And yeah. so like the sun is like beaming down on people's faces. And I, you know, I get hot. I get hot, hot. Like I start sweating. And so okay. garden cocktail hour. Why? Because of those same reasons. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you. Put everything inside. <laughs> Yes, everything inside. Listen, I was getting bitten up by all the mosquitoes. Like, mm-mm, just give me inside all day. But, okay. 
Yeah. If for the cocktail hour, you may not even really have to make it out there. Exactly. Or if you're exactly. doing the photos, maybe you're doing the photos inside. So, okay. Okay. Exactly. I, um, I don't know. I, I, I probably would say garden cocktail hour for similar reasons, not quite the same. I do like a good, you know, beautiful garden ceremony. Like we've seen some really, really pretty ones. We know some people that yeah. have had really, really pretty ones. But then, yeah, depending on the time of the year, it could be hot. And, mm-hmm. You know, my hair is going to start to poof if I have clippings in and I got the leave out issue. And ugh, same, just... but I wish like I wish I could have an outdoor you know, like ceremony yeah. you know, next year. Um, but child, there's just so point. many. No, no, <laughs> no. Time of year is key. It's key. Mm-hmm. That is true. Yes. Yes, this is true. Okay. Okay. So would you prefer to have a venue that used to be a schoolhouse or a venue that used to be a bank vault? Ooh, this is a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. um, I think I would like the bank vault more. Okay. Um just, I would assume the space is a little more refined. Schoolhouse mm-hmm. gives me rustic vibes. Mm-hmm. And rustic vibes is a thing of my past. <laughs> more into the modern glam today. <laughs> so I think the bank vault would give me more. I know those old banks had a lot of marble, things mm. like that. So I could, I could definitely see, definitely reception at the bank vault. Okay. I like that. I like how you broke that down too. Okay. Tania. So I'm also going to say the bank vault. Okay. Because it's different and you don't really hear True. about people having a wedding in a old bank, mm-hmm. at least not here in the Atlanta metro area. Right. Like, I don't think we have that, to be honest, but that'd be a great mm-hmm. idea. But honestly, I would definitely choose that because I think it'd just be cool. And it's just be, you know, like, it'd be like a conversation starter. Also. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would definitely agree with both of you. I think too, especially if they have some of those older pieces from the actual vault or the bank itself, that could be very cool. Or, you know, like, especially in that part of the vault where you have the little drawers or whatever that, you know, like, I guess everyone's a little safe or their little area where they can put their money and their jewels and all that. That could be maybe even a cute place for like the seating chart, you know, depending on how, is physician like I'm thinking of an old yeah. schoolhouse would shape be shaped like a barn. So yeah, or in, or it'll be shaped like an old church, which is very small and not like room for a lot of space. But like a bank, you know, or a bank vault. Obviously, there's like the vault side, but then there's probably like also the bank side. So there's more room to kind of play with. Mm-hmm. Um, and then so. you have those stairs. Oh my gosh! Yeah. There is actually a venue here that it's an old bank. It's called Really? really? Yes. Oh, really? Um, Okay. They do have a vault. (laughs) I love that. Yes. Um, Very historic. Like I said, lots of, I mean, it's very ornate, um, but it's kind of that idea that you were having. There's so many different little intricate pieces that you can really make something unique out of. Oh, I like that. What's the name of it? The vault. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Very easy. Yeah, very. (laughs) I love that, though. Yeah, that's an idea for somebody. We're going to have to make a trip and see this. Yes. I mean, yeah. Okay. All right. Next time I'm down there visiting family, I got to go. There you go. Mm -hmm. All right. So third round, would you prefer an all-inclusive venue So all the vendors are already provided. Maybe the only thing you have to find is like the DJ or if you want a videographer, makeup, hair, of course that, but the food, drink, everything else, basic decor, flowers, that's included with the venue rental fee or a bring your own vendor venue where literally all you're getting is the venue. So you have to find chairs, you have to find tables, you have to find the bar, the food, the photographer, everything else. Between the two, I'll go all-inclusive. Okay. Just because 
even as a planner, pulling all the vendors together to bring your vision to life, um, Mm -hmm. especially when it comes to, like you just said, no tables, no chairs. I mean, those costs can definitely add up. And I know Mm -hmm. sometimes all-inclusive pricing can be a little scary, but if you look at it and you break it down, you actually end up saving money sometimes. Ideal situation is definitely more of a semi-inclusive where you Mm -hmm. can still bring in a couple of things or the all-inclusives that let you customize their package and pull out the things you don't need. Perfect. Okay. All right. So Tania? Yeah, this is hard because I want to say all-inclusive, but that's not necessarily what I'm doing. I like (laughs) the fact that I can bring in all my vendors um, just because, you know, I want to pick and choose who, you know, who we want to work with. And that's not necessarily the case with an all-inclusive venue. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to choose bringing in the vendors, even though sometimes, I mean, I'm doing that now and it's a lot of money, but, but yeah. Okay. For the reason, you know, that I want to choose my vendors and, you know, I want to support certain businesses and yeah. So. Okay. Mm -hmm. I can agree with that. I would probably say the same. I do understand the benefits of both. When I think of bring your own venues or or vendor venues, I think of being able to save at the bar because you can buy the liquor and then sometimes take the liquor back um, if you haven't opened it. In certain some places, I know I think do that, and you may be able to find ways to cut costs when it comes to maybe some of the more expensive vendors, like your um, food of course. And even sometimes depending with the like decor and all of those things, but it depends. So I would say BYOB, but I understand both sides of this because some people do, they're like, look, I just know I want to get married. I like this color. (laughs) Y'all handle the rest. Like I don't, I don't have it in me. I am tired. I got too much. I'm already doing. (laughs) Um, and there's but, a lot of people like that, to yeah. be honest. And I'm too type know. A, I think, for that though. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You yeah. I'm way too a. type A. Yeah. Like I feel like I was even too type A for my planner. So <sighs> see, I, I, can, I don't think that's a bad thing. Even as a planner, I can tell you that type A is a good thing. Um, I just know that with venues, even when you're doing the DIY a la carte type thing, bring in your own vendors, mm-hmm. it really also depends on the venue. Because sometimes they put so many restrictions that That's even right. if you want to bring in the vendors you want, you can't. That is true. Or you got to pay for it. Like, okay, well, now that you're going with that caterer, now you got to give us extra 2000 Or you could go with our caterer we prefer and we'll give you like a $500 or $1,000 discount. Because then you look at the price in that caterer and that caterer is like $30,000 just to feed like 125 people. Yep. This is giving me PTSD. <laughs> yep. And that's what happened with us too. I was like, well, okay, y'all giving us this, you know, like this whole little discount. Great. But. Discount where? I know. Discount who? Exactly. <sighs> Wedding's so freaking expensive. Anyway, all right, final round. (laughs) A venue that can seat 200 guests, but the parking lot can only fit 80 cars. Or a venue that can seat 100 guests and the parking lot can also accommodate those 100 guests. Um, I will go with the option B of a 100 guest venue where cars can also be accommodated. And that's... Totally on like all sides, just because I'm, I prefer more intimate spaces. <laughs> like <laughs> number that. one, um, number two, the headache of finding alternative parking, whether that means you have to valet, uh, rent out optional or additional parking lots or mm-hmm. restrict your guests to, they have to carpool, have to provide transportation so they don't have to park. I mean, there's so many other things that happen when you know that you cannot fit your guests there Mm. i said i mean just in general i prefer the more intimate spaces okay good answer so i'm gonna choose um uh the hundred person venue with the hundred parking spaces is that what that's what stephanie just said too okay 
No, like I just want to make sure that I had that right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I just know how parking is, especially here in the city. And to find parking, it's a struggle. And so if your venue does not accommodate for the amount of people that you've invited, you have to figure that part out, you know, and that's an extra thing that you have to work out in the planning process. Now, some people don't care, you know, but that's a huge thing for me, especially because here in the city right now, everyone is breaking in cars and, you know, and stealing Mm. cars and stuff like that. So I would hate for, you know, my guests to park two miles away from the venue and have to walk and or have to Uber. That's just a lot. Mm -mm. So, okay. All right. Great answer. Um, I agree with y'all. I would also do the 100 guests, 100 spots. Um, I like a good intimate wedding. So yeah, I agree. That's it. I don't have anything else to say about that. But yeah, so while we're here speaking about venues and all this wonderful stuff, let's dive into it because I think the selection of a venue is not something that should be taken lightly, but I also don't think there sometimes is enough emphasis on selecting the right venue. And I think sometimes when like brides or like brides and grooms or like, you know, couples look at venues or they're doing the research, they're not thinking of it from the vendor's perspective. Like they're thinking of it as, Oh, like, Oh, that's, you know, we're thinking 150 people, this, you know, can do 200 or it could do 175, you know, like they're thinking kind of in that frame of, or like price point or like what they assume is the price point. So I'm glad we're having this conversation again, really glad to have you here. You are a true expert in this area. So, um, why is it that planners say that you don't have a wedding date without a venue? Because, Based on what venues you'd like, if they're booked, then that's it. There is literally no wedding. I always kind of run down the list of vendors at the bare minimum you need for your wedding to kick off. And without your venue, I mean, you can start booking other vendors. You reach out to the venue that you're in love with. They're like, the date's not available. What happens then? That's it. Mm -hmm. You have to start over. Um, Hopefully your other vendors are graceful enough. If you started that way to move your date, for the most part, the only one that really gives flexibility are people like me who are planners. And even then you still have to go based on our availability as well. If you book me first, if the venue is not available. Very, very true. So how soon should couples look for their wedding venue? The moment they pick their date. Um, So if there's a date that they have in mind, They definitely need to go ahead and reach out immediately. The sooner, the better. If they are just in love with the venue where it doesn't matter what date, even then reach out as soon as possible so that you have the most date selections available. So definitely that's kind of one of the first vendors that you should be reaching out to. You got engaged, you figure out what you're looking for and you start reaching out to those venues. I think that is so true. Um, I know that with me and my fiance, we kind of waited. And I guess it's because we also wanted to bask in our engagement period. But then also we were going back and forth, but like on the dates and stuff like that. So, but yes, but I do agree. The earliest, the better. Especially if you know, like you're going to have a popular date or you want a popular. Yeah. yeah. That's part of why we got engaged or start so looking and, and booking. Yeah. yeah. And we booked our venue before we were engaged because we knew October 10th was going to be our wedding day and everybody and their mama wanted to be a 10, 10, 20 wedding. Mm-hmm. <sighs> but ours actually had sentimental meaning. It wasn't just the novelty. It was being able to celebrate or get buried on the same day as my grandparents. So. That is <laughs> Thank you. But yeah, it was, it, we found out afterwards, it was like, yeah, I'm glad you booked then because we've gotten so many inquiries for that date. And then I didn't even get to get married there because yeah, they closed. Those special dates, honestly, sometimes they get booked out two years in advance. Ooh. And a lot of people will book a venue and stop wedding planning for a while because that, I mean, some vendors, you can't even book two years out, but they have right. their yeah. they have their date secured. Oh, you know what? No wonder why there was one venue that we were looking at. And basically, 
I don't know if he was on the phone with, no, actually we were in person and he was like, yeah, like someone reached out to me for 2023. And I was like, girl, bye. I ain't answering this. And I was like, oh, that's, that's probably why, because they wanted a popular date. Mm. Yep. Two years. Um, that's, and I've seen inquiries come in for three years out. Um, but Ooh. for the most part a venue won't book out three years cause they're losing out on money. <laughs> That's real. Pricing changes. Yeah. Oh, oh I never thought about yeah, that. So I was like, wait, how would they be losing out on money? But yeah, you're sense. right. The price goes up. Because these prices every keep year. going up every single year. Yeah. To me and I once. Oh, you're right about that. To me and I compare prices sometimes. <laughs> and look, if you feel a way about this, chances are you were either booked. So you know, don't feel away. You got the money. You got the 2019 and the 21 price. <laughs> because I didn't, I didn't book with some of those people. <laughs> well, look, but some of them you did. But anyway, I mean, yeah, but anyway, but yeah, yeah. you're right. Yeah. There were some, there were some that were expensive last year. So can't, I can't even imagine now. Oh, goodness. Anyway, we weren't talking about that. All right. So what should couples pay attention to when they're doing these uh, venue tours and who should they bring? with them um definitely parents if they're going to be involved mm. i if your mom of the bride mom of the groom if they're going to be a part of it then go ahead and bring them out because you're going to have to come out before then um again mm -hmm. to show them because they're going to want to know mm -hmm. um couple things to look and uh, the first one, it's honestly sometimes not what couples are looking for, but bathrooms, bathroom access and what those bathrooms look like. I have been to some beautiful venues that bathrooms leave a lot to be desired. And the last thing you want is the middle of your wedding, uh, people coming out complaining about what's going on or there's a long line. Um, so definitely that there's enough bathrooms for your guest count. Um, of course, that your venue has the amount of space that you need. You don't want to put a 200 person wedding when they're telling you we're at a 150, 175. I always try to stay under the cap as well. Um, you want to leave at least that 10% room. So if they're telling you 200 is the maximum guest count, really ask, is that your what you feel comfortable with? Or is that really what the capacity is for this venue space? And assume that you should really only have about 190. Of course, something to look at immediately is what's coming with your venue. So especially if you're going back to kind of that all-inclusive versus if it's, you know, a bring your own vendors type of space. Um, is there, do they have a preferred vendor list? Um, is it mandatory that you use the preferred vendors on their list for the categories that they have covered? Um, rain plan. What is the rain plan? What does it look like? Can you live with the rain plan? If mm. you do not like the rain plan, do not book it there because it doesn't matter the time of year, even if it's not supposed to rain, it can rain. Mm. Um, and day of, you don't want to be crying because now your dream wedding is not what you want it to be because you, you're having to do plan B. So you got to love plan B too. Um, I think those are like the big things that as you're walking through that space and envisioning yourself there that you really need to take care of, of course, on top of price that your budget <laughs> is <True>. within price. <laughs> oh, good point. I didn't think about that rain part. Ooh. Yeah. Cause I know it definitely rained hard mm -hmm. when we got married in October. It was like monsoon level rain outside. I think there was like we got some sort of hurricane or tropical storm weather that came through. And yeah, you're right. You do have to love your plan B because our plan B was in our living room. Our plan A was outside in this pretty little space we have. No, that did not happen. <laughs> now I have a quick question. Now, does the wedding planner also attend, you know, like the venue tours as well? Um, if you have full wedding planning services or you have a partial. So, of course, if you've already booked the wedding planner, then yes, they will most likely 
provide that. And it all depends on their service packages. So I know that some planners will only do it for full service versus for partial planning. Um, so if that is something that you're interested in having your wedding planner pretty much be your partner throughout your entire wedding planning process, I would definitely go full service. And yes, they will most definitely be at your venue tours. Okay. That's good to know. So what should a couple consider when researching venues online? The first thing is uh, reviews and not just the good, but see honestly what the bad reviews are. I think that bad reviews really are what tell you what a venue is about. And of course, their responses, any FAQs that they have up, definitely read those. Um, a lot of times that will discard a lot of venues from your venue search. They've put those on there because these are questions that are constantly being asked. So save yourself a visit if on there, they're telling you already something that doesn't doesn't match your vision. And then definitely as you're searching online and communicating uh, with vendors, whether you're reaching out for pricing, because it's not available online, that you gauge their uh, response times. Uh, that's very important. Even in the midst of wedding season, all vendors should at least acknowledge your email, even if it's with the acknowledgement, hey, we are completely swamped right now. We're unable to provide you a code or et cetera, et cetera. Um, but we'll be back with you when we can. The directories are always an awesome place to find venues, but also honestly, I know a lot of people may not use it, but groups go by word of mouth referrals. Sometimes there's a lot of venues that do not spend their marketing bucks on being on the not wedding wire or any of the big directories. Um, so you can find hidden gems in going through like comments, going through Instagram, seeing who was tagged. Um, so those are always good search engines for you to find locations that may be off the cuff or a lot more unique. Good stuff to know. Basically, really do your due diligence so you're not wasting time because some of the stuff you may find out beforehand that's a uh, a no for you or like a yes or what have you. Good point. And just know that you definitely need to go visit the venue yourself. Like if you haven't yeah. already gone there, because some venues, to be honest, like they look beautiful, you know, on Instagram, they look beautiful in the pictures. However, when you get there, these things are small. Small, yeah. small, small. <laughs> never book a venue unseen um so yeah. use those tips specifically to strategize your list because of course also don't overwhelm yourself if there's 10 venues that you absolutely love don't go see 10 venues you're is this it's like house shopping <laughs> the more houses you see the more stuff you love the more things you want to add um, so definitely try to get a tailored list of your top choices after you've done all your research. And yes, go see it. Go see it in person. Um, not only can they be small, pictures are edited. If that's not what it looks like yeah. when you're there, then you're that, that's it. You're not going to love it. And I remember like, so, okay, we start looking at venues in like spring 2019 before we were engaged. And then we end up losing our venue. So we had to start looking for venues for this year in spring of 21. And I was like, this is freaking deja vu. I'm tired of this. But there were some like venues that had like virtual tours or whatever. And so that helped, but it was still like, okay actually going in person then you could really see like oh this room is bigger than i thought it was because like yeah the virtual tour may just be able to help you kind of know that like okay off this room is you know the get ready suite or you go down that hallway and that's where the restrooms are but you still don't really see and can't really feel get a feel for like the actual size of the space until you're actually there so yeah i agree with that a hundred thousand percent. Um, <laughs> all right. So let's talk about these get ready suites. What are they? What should we have in them? Um, from kind of like, a the people getting ready, the bride, the groom, the, you know, the couple, but then also like, what is it that the vendors are looking for in those spaces? 
So if you're, um, and of course, not all venues have a getting ready space. So that's something that you have to consider when you're choosing your venue. If it's very important that you're not traveling from one location to the other, that you don't book a venue that doesn't have a space or that you're going to end up in the bathroom kind of holding out. But for your bridal space, of course, especially if it's something important aesthetically for you, if you want a good backdrop for your pictures, you're getting ready pictures. The most important part, though, of course, is that you have enough space for your bridal party and everyone who's going to be there getting ready. If you're bringing in hair and makeup and you have a group of 10 girls plus moms, so you're talking about 20 people at any given moment inside of a room, it has to be big enough where your vendors can spread out and can actually set up. So if you're talking about a two-person team for makeup and a two-person team for hair, they're bringing equipment. The ideal bridal suites, of course, have thought about this all. They have the proper lighting. They have the mirrors that you need. They have the workspaces available, similar to how you would go to a salon. Food spaces, somewhere to have food, something refrigerated. Um, if you're spending six hours there getting ready from the time you get up to the time you're pretty much getting married, you're going to need to eat. Um, and once again, it's something that will be coming into your space unless you have somebody going out to grab food for you. Bathrooms. You need bathrooms. You need to make sure that there's enough bathroom space for your group. So a lot of times bridal seats will have a full shower. Um, if it's something that anyone's running around, I think it also depends if you're having a DIY wedding and half of your bridal party is running like chickens, uh, setting things up for you that they have a space to come back and freshen up before it's time to get ready as well. You are so good. Cause I'm like, uh, I don't know <laughs> what they would want in a get ready suite. You know, I mean, like I think a size and maybe a private bathroom, but I didn't even think of all the other stuff and especially with the DIY implications. Yeah. And lighting, honestly, um, not everyone mm. brings in good lighting for makeup then they overdo it. And then you're out there looking a little bit clownish. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. All right. So what's a room flip and how does it impact a venue selection? So a room flip is when we are utilizing one space for your ceremony and for your reception. So basically you get married, um, you head over to another space. Sometimes it literally can be just an extension, just somewhere that it, the rest of the room can then literally be turned into your reception. It's very important if you have a decor heavy wedding that you look for a space that does not require flipping your room, especially if you also have a large guest count. If we're having to remove 200 chairs out of the way, bring in tables. Those tables need linens. You need chargers. You need water goblets. You need centerpieces. Even with a massive team um, where normally it's the venue team that's doing this, if there's a room flip involved, if it's a DIY venue, um, you may have to get staffing for this because your rentals don't stick around for a room flip. They drop off everything. They may set up the original formation, the original layout for your ceremony. But then you also have to account who's coming in to move all this stuff out, who's coming in to put down the tables. So once again, if you're having a big wedding, I would definitely shy away from room flips unless you are just looking for something simple where all they're doing is pretty much replacing those chairs with tables. The moment you're having to put down table settings, plate settings, um, just your tablescape in general, if it's decor heavy, it takes longer than the hour that it's allotted for your cocktail hour. I, ooh, that was so good. I never thought about that. Like, I, I've i been to weddings where maybe like 150, maybe 130 or so were invited. And we had to leave and go to a different area for cocktail hour and then come back in. But, like, they did everything in that hour. You know, it wasn't, like, too many people. And they were able to easily kind of move the chairs around because maybe it didn't take up the entire like space. It was only like maybe towards the front part of the kind of like ballroom or whatever. But Ooh, I really never thought about that. Like if you want to say like a lot of flowers and like, you know, dramatic centerpieces and table decorations and like maybe drapery, you gotta do all that in an hour. 
Yeah, we're trying to figure that out for our venue because we're definitely going to have to do a, a room flip. Yeah, we're still trying to work things out. But what my event designer is going to do is like already have some tables set up and we're going to work it out. But yeah, so there has to be. Do, yeah, yeah, you could do a partial room flip um, just yeah. depending on how big the space is where you drape and pretty mm-hmm. much there's reception set up on one side and you just rolling out them tables out um, after but I can tell you like at my venue there it, it's a room flip is honestly very common. Um, a lot of people, because we live in Florida and the rain situation, they just veto the outdoor courtyard as the space mm. for their ceremony. So they do the ceremony inside. There's no way to do a semi flip the space. This is, that's all we have is one floor and there's no way to set up tables on the other side. So in those situations, the crew, we get out there and we're literally rolling tables and we discourage it for, like I said, bigger events, mm-hmm. especially yeah. if it, it's, I mean, even the centerpieces, where do we put the centerpieces in the meantime? Cause they definitely can't be built in that time. Mm, so everything yeah. has to be ready. Yeah. Ooh. It's going to be a lot, but um, <laughs> our cocktail hour is not going to be an hour. It's probably going to be like an hour and 15, an hour and a half, but we're going to work it out. We're going to work it out. <laughs> as long as there's good music good food yeah. the yeah. weather's decent mm-hmm. we'll be all right yeah we're gonna try our best to you know provide some entertainment you know if it doesn't cost a lot mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know <laughs> yeah that's real all right so we got a few more questions um so tell us about like some of these elements that maybe brides don't care too much about, but the vendors do. So like, that's what they care about when it comes to like the venue that you pick. Um, so of course the kitchen for mm. your catering staff, you need to make sure that if it's not a full service caterer, then that they are aware. So warming trays, is it a full kitchen? Can they cook their meals there? Are they going to have to set up a prep kitchen? If so, is Mm. there a space for a prep kitchen? Um, So those are all questions that definitely the caterer, if they've never been to a menu, will also have to ask the couple. The couple will have to then ultimately ask the venue, um, things like that. From a photographer standpoint, lighting, I know... Flash. I mean, you can do lighting or you can do pictures anywhere, but ideal situations will always be a photographer and videographer's best friend. So if there's opportunities to increase lighting for special pictures, um, definitely have that opportunity and storage. A lot of venues don't have a space for photographers to lay out the million bags that they bring with them. So kind of considering that, where where will they be able to place their stuff for vendors as well? Vendor meals, where will vendor meals be eaten? Um, is there a break room in the back? Is there a separate space? Um, for the most part, us vendors, we do not eat in front of guests unless the couple has been nice enough to give us a table. Um, so we did definitely have to find a way. So if it is the kitchen that we're eating out of, is the kitchen big enough for us to eat our meal and the caterers to still do their jobs. So definitely a space for that. And then knowing the restrictions for the venue, what are some of the things that, so if it's a florist, if it's a decorator, what are the restrictions that they have for florals? Can they think, hang things on the wall? Can they bring freestanding structures? Are there beans at the top? Can those be utilized? So just kind of what the limitations of the space are, especially when you get really creative with your design. Those are definitely things that vendors that have those specific needs will also normally ask of the couple or the wedding planner, whoever they're working with, so that they can clarify and plan accordingly. We're not even like paying attention to the right stuff when we pick our venues. I never thought about that with the kitchen or like the lighting or like the the space for the, for the vendors to eat. Like I remember we were doing our walkthrough um, the morning of the Braves parade. Cause I remember we were supposed to go around noon. Then they're like, Oh, the Braves parade. Y'all got to come early. So I was like, all right. So we woke up early, got down there. And we're doing the walkthrough and Ed hadn't seen the venue before. So I was like, you know, like, oh, this is where we're going to get ready. This is, you know, where y'all sit, all of the, you know, the different areas. And then my vendor's like, okay, so um, actually, where do the vendors eat? And I thought to myself, 
I never thought about that. Like this whole time, like, where are they going to sit? And they're like, oh, there's kind of like a, not really a storage space for sure. Like it's, it's like a conference room, I guess, kind of sort of like there's, they use it kind of for storage, but there are like tables in there and stuff like that. And they're like, yeah, this is usually, you know, where we eat. And I was like, okay, at least the accommodations here didn't make it feel like, oh, okay, they're in a closet or, you know, they're in a the hallway just trying to eat real quick. So, cause you know, that was a whole thing. What some months ago about everybody joking about not feeding their vendors, which. Yeah. And I think because of this podcast, I thought about all of that, you know, so. That's good. Um, yeah. I was like, uh, we need some more. Well, actually, Brandon, he was like, we need some more rooms. Y'all have any more space? And so thankfully, thankfully, that's good. I can say that we covered in that area. Mm-hmm. That's good. But yes, these are things that you all need to think about because they're definitely and they're important. Not super, and I was going to say, they're not like super pressing, but it's definitely something to think about when you're touring a space, especially if you've narrowed it down to our last two choices. Those exactly can be the deal breakers. Mm-hmm. This is this is true. So are there any hidden costs with a venue? Uh, you want to stay away from venues that have hidden costs. <laughs> <laughs> there are some um, that are not fully transparent. Um, so it's very important to when you're receiving those quotes, when you're receiving proposals, or when you're looking at pricing online, that you really see everything that's on there. Because some venues will literally charge for, I mean, every single line item, the AV, the tech, literally someone controlling the light board. There's an extra cost for that. Use of the bridal suite. Is there a restriction? Is there additional hours that you need? If it's only up till the ceremony, what happens with your stuff? Do you need it for extra time? How much does that cost? Literally going through everything that is included. And then it's sometimes hard to know something that you'll need later on. So the more transparent the venue is, it's always easier. Um, you don't want to day of the wedding or, I mean, leading up, you give them your final headcount. All of a sudden they're like, well, now that it's 150 guests instead of 135, we have to bump up the price. So those are, I mean, you want to be as specific as possible when you're reviewing your proposals, reviewing your contracts. And in those contracts also, I mean, legally, there's any hidden fees are actually there. They're hidden because a lot of people do not read their contracts. So when it comes to payments, if, I mean, even down to credit card payment fees, that should be listed in your contract or it should be listed in the invoice. You should know that there is an additional fee coming to you if you pay with a credit card versus an ACH payment. Um, late fees, cancellation fees. I know with COVID, that's a big thing. What happens then? What kind of fees are you going to get hit with if you have to reschedule? What is their force majeure clause? What does that entail? So it's just being as upfront with your venue, going down that checklist of the things that are most important to you that you know you'll need. And like I said, if there's a lot of fees in that contract, I would stay away because there's just things that will get sprung on you where you don't know what's happening. And then all of a sudden you have to pay an extra thousand dollars that you weren't expecting. And it's a month out from your wedding. You are so right on with that. <laughs> oh my gosh. Especially that, uh, the credit card fee piece. Ooh. Yes. Yes. Oh That's a gosh. gem right there. There are so many that like, they either try to encourage, like you're saying, like the ACH, or they'll be like, oh, pay me through Zelle or pay me through whatever. So you don't get hit with these like HoneyBook fees or Dubsado fees or whatever, Isle Planner. And I'm like, some of these, you know, like Zelle sometimes only allows you to send so much a day, you know, like then there's a limit or like so much in a period. And I don't want to look like I'm moving weight or something because I'm out here <laughs> sitting trying to like send over like $8,000 or like whatever it is at a time. In split payments. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like you never, you just, you know, you see the little platform or whatever and you're thinking like, oh, okay, when it's time I'll pay whatever through there. And then it's like, actually, if you could pay me through Venmo, then I don't get hit with the 5.3% or whatever it is. 
it's the cost of doing business. I know yes. it can definitely get frustrating <laughs> every time you get paid. They're taking money out. There's more right. money coming out, but that's the cost of doing business. Um, and vendors should be pricing their services accordingly exactly. to make sure that those are, I mean, that's part of our pricing. Exactly. Like put that in your fee because now I'm having to go around and figure out how I like, do I need to get a money order now? Do I need to like, and of course this didn't come up beforehand. Now I'm seeing all this stuff on the due date. It's just stressful. But anyway, all right. So (laughs) final question. I'm getting PTSD all over again. Oh my gosh. All right. So final question. So what advice would you give to a couple that's searching for a venue? Um, So definitely, I think it's important for you to fall in love with the space that you're getting married at. But also don't overextend yourself. Um, Before you start even searching for any venues, any other vendors, please just make sure that your budget is realistic. That's why it's, I mean, I can say, I guess I'm the anti-wedding planner. Even though I'm a wedding planner, I fully believe that all couples can plan their own wedding. And there's information out there. There's a lot of research that you can do to get the estimated cost of things. So don't go into a venue and spend 75% of your budget. You're not going to be within budget. If this venue, whether it's all inclusive, I mean, now if you have a $20,000 budget and your venue is 19,000 and the only thing you need to go find is a DJ, you may be pretty close to that, but you have your photographer, you have everything else. Now, if you're talking about a $20,000 budget, and your venue is costing you 15, whether that's bringing chairs, tables, decor, anything like that, that leaves a very small amount to cover the additional expenses. So you have to be realistic and really try to keep your venue expense anywhere between 10 and 20%. Of course, all depending on what it includes. If you have to get your liquor through your venue, then that gives you a little more leeway because that's a part of the budget that you can now couple with your venue space. If you have to do catering through them, before you book, get those pricing guides, get the quote for what the catering will be so that you know what your all-in expense is there. And like I said, definitely, I think the rain plan, going back to that, and maybe I'm partial because I'm a Florida wedding planner, so my weddings get rained out quite often. Consider everything when you're walking in. Don't fall in love just with the main space. Make sure that you really are okay with what your plan B is. I think if you stick to your budget and you love the venue, then you're in good shape. This is all like really, really good advice. Yes. And to be honest, like I really wish that we would have had this conversation a little bit earlier, maybe yeah. in the very beginning of us starting this show, because this would have helped out a lot of people. This would have helped out you, Ashley. It would have helped out me. Right. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, it would have helped Seriously. out so many people. No, because what, like, you know, I think the reason why it took me a very, well, me and my fiance, I should say, a long time to figure out our venue is because of all those reasons that you just talked about, you know? And venues can be definitely a little bit tricky. I will say that. Very, very tricky. And as you stated before, like these little line item things can add up. You know, um, they may say, oh, it's $5,000 to rent. But then you can't only look at that. You have to look at everything else. Mm -hmm. They probably will have you pay for security for the night, though. Right. They'll also have you pay for housekeeping. And the only reason why I know this is because that's what we paying for. (laughs) You know, (laughs) and that's basically what our, you know, why it's so much. And so, you know, these things, you know, like I really wish that we knew about these things beforehand. So then we'd be more prepared going in. But, you know, but for you girls that are getting married mm-hmm. or guys that are getting married, you know, soon, please, please listen to Stephanie. Please. Mm-hmm. I totally, oh, you know what? The last piece of advice, because I almost totally forgot. Make sure that the hours that you have your venue space are enough. Especially Ooh, for setup. Yes. Especially oh. for setup. Um, that goes back to those line items. Yeah. If you only have that space for eight hours and you planning a five-hour wedding, that gives you two hours to set up and one hour to break down. That's hard if you have yeah. a lot of stuff. Yeah. Yes. Line items, your hours. How many hours do you have access to the space? Oh, that was good. 
Oh, yeah. and then how and, and and then pay attention to how much it is per hour because they will charge yes. you per hour. They charge yeah. me per well, you know. <laughs> I still need to circle back on that. But yeah, they charge me per hour cuz I wanted to come in early. Um but that's a different conversation. <laughs> no, but that goes along with this conversation because that per that hour true. rate, you know, maybe, you know, and sometimes a little od yeah like i mean i think what they charged us was like 60 yeah so that's not like that's not not you know crazy but if you look and it's like 300 or like Mm -hmm. 500 then you're like well hold up now but you also have to realize that you know not only are you paying for the venue to be opened a little bit early you also have to pay the venue manager you know, to come in mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and, you know, like oversee everything. So, true. you know, so it's like you got to pay people for their time. That's true. And if, you know, the venue manager, usually they are there the entire, you know, event, right? Yeah, yeah. that's true. Uh, yeah. Yeah. From, yeah. Right. So, from before the venue even being available to guests, um, they have to be there to get everything open, turned mm-hmm. on. Um, so, on the latter part of your extending at the end for whatever reason, whether you guys went over, that's another thing. You have to consider the staffing fees on top of the hourly fees. Mm. Exactly. Because exactly. you got to think about it. Like they're pulling the 12 hour, 13, probably even like a 14 hour shift. That's their know? Saturday or that's their Friday yeah. or that's their Sunday where they can't do something else because mm-hmm. they have to babysit the venue, mm-hmm. get work done, I guess, in the back. You know, hey, like in but, those periods yeah. of in between and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Not, and they have to eat. And, yeah. Well, you're not yeah. fetching the Starbucks or, you know, they, like if they decide to like get you Starbucks or like the, yeah. Yeah, the exactly. champagne <laughs> or, yeah. Yeah. So. This was there's good. Yeah, there's a lot. This of was good. Yeah. This mm-hmm. doesn't feel like. So I was telling Tania before, I was like, I feel like this is an episode we could have had in kind of like the first year, or maybe even like last year. But honestly, I feel like after having it, the amount of information that now we both have, like it was better served for us to have this convo now, even though it would have helped us. But yeah, I, oh think, yes. I think the feedback of like, you know, what we're learning, we're like, oh, okay, we're immediately processing what that means Mm -hmm. and you have your examples um and it's also engagement season so it will be Mm -hmm. plenty of info for the next round of couples Mm -hmm. oh for sure and this is one of those evergreen episodes where like i'm sure someone listens to it five years down the line everything is still going to be extremely relevant because you need your venue you know like all of this is stuff we will experience but then also I mean, the yeah, is down those, the line, yeah, you know, exactly, exactly. So thank you. Thank you, Stephanie. <laughs> so we are moving into our wedding vendor love. So Stephanie, who would you like to shout out this week? Um, I, it's going to be one of my favorite venues here in Tampa called Millpond Estate. They are a outdoor garden venue, fully tented. So they specialize in tented weddings. Um, the owner, Tony is absolutely amazing. She's also a florist. Um, so that's one of the cool things about their space. It definitely gives you that vibe of a partially inclusive so they can take care of catering bar um with awesome vendors but the space is absolutely gorgeous they have a cut flower garden where you can source your own flowers there on the property um and there's horses on the property i mean it is absolutely gorgeous and honestly like i said the venue owner tony she she is the true gem behind the venue she has an awesome vendor list so definitely check them out this is a beautiful venue it really is. Yeah. And she's black? Uh, yes, she black? black owned. Black owned. Oh. Oh. I wouldn't have expected that. Oh, oh my gosh, is. this is beautiful. This is not your typical, like, you know, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have to say it. This is beautiful. Yeah. Like this greenhouse? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That would be so cute for like the cocktail hour. Yes. Oh my gosh. You don't usually find a lot of black 
um, venue owners, especially. Yes. Yes. For one. It's aesthetic. (laughs) Yes. Especially with this aesthetic. Yes. Yes. You get ballrooms or like bridal shower, baby shower type spaces. Usually this is is beautiful. Yeah. When I was thinking of my shout out, I was just like, what are one of my favorite vendors? I was definitely wanting to look for someone that was black owned. And I was just like, wait, um, they are relatively new venues. So they just opened mm-hmm. up this fall officially for couples. And honestly, she's, they were already waitlisted. Wow. <laughs> already wait- I mean, I can, why? yeah, I can see why. Is- like, I wish we had something like this here in Atlanta. Yeah. And all the florals are hers. Um, wow. so those are, that's her flower. Oh my gosh, like in this flower garden. Oh my gosh, gorgeous. Yes. Okay, yes. I mean, I was like, I was like, oh yeah, this is a beautiful place, but then when I saw that she was black, I'm like, go ahead, girl, go ahead, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> yeah, we may okay, even Tony. just reach out to her, mm-hmm. like, hey, girl, hey, all right, <laughs> love that, love that. All right, Ashley, who would you like to shout out this week? Well, I'm, you know, going to shout out my venues since we're talking about venues today. I absolutely love, love, love this venue. I'm so glad we used it. Um, I, oh my gosh, if you're in the Atlanta area and you are like me, so there are certain things I look for in the venue. One thing that I really, really like to pay attention to is the get ready suite space in the restrooms. Those are two things that are very important. So the get ready suite, because is there enough space? Can you get ready at the venue? You know, is there a private restroom in there? All of those things are very important. And the Carlisle has such a huge space for you to get ready in and there is a private restroom in there so you don't have to deal with all that and then there's this hallway that takes you to the cocktail hour space so it's very discreet they have drapery in there so that saves you money on drapery fees they have a bartender in there so you don't have to look for an outside bar um just the team overall is just great the space is beautiful is huge so no one feels like they're on top of each other I love this venue. So if you're in the Atlanta area and you want a venue in the city, um, this is perfectly in between Buckhead and Midtown. I highly suggest the Carlisle. It's off Piedmont Road. I can't say enough good things. So if you want to find them on Instagram, look them up on at the Carlisle Venue, or you could go to their website, thecarlislevenue.com. But again, my wedding was there. The photos were beautiful. The backdrop was gorgeous. You can do so much with the space based on all aesthetics. So that is my shout out for this week. Who are you shouting out, Tania? Hey, Tania, who are you going to shout out this week? So this week, I'm going to shout out Veil by Dara Adams. I know that she's been on the show, but I just want to shout her out just because I've been referring to her page and I've been listening to her lives specifically for some bridal styling tips. She has, you know, really opened my eyes to, you know, different things that I can do to stand out, to be different, but then also be more authentic to who I am. Even though she's not my stylist, she definitely gives great tips. And I like, she's basically one of my most visited pages on my IG right now, just because I value her styling tips so, so much. So I just want to give a shout out to her. She's been on the podcast before, but if you're not following her, go follow her. Um, And if you have the coins, go pay her to become your stylist because her girls they are on point they are so beautiful and I wish that she was in my budget I wish I reached out to her beforehand but child I'm already knee deep into some things and so (laughs) I already know she's not in my budget right now but please go reach out to her if you are in need of stylus or a creative just to create, you know, some editorial fashions because she got you. Very good point. I love her work as well. That, that was a great shout out. She is definitely one of my faves. 
Yeah. And I wish, I really wish I would have used her or known about her, like, as I was navigating that journey, because, baby, I mean, through the grace of God, it all came together. But at one point, I was not sure. Yeah. And I, and like, I really think that she makes things a lot easier for you. You know, like all the things that you're stressing over, or, or at least I'm stressing over, it's like she has a solution and she knows the right people to go to, you know? So, yeah, I've definitely been paying attention to her page. I've been pulling some of her tips and I wish I could throw some coins at her. But, um, baby, this wedding's already expensive. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Breaking the budget. I'm like trying to think like her. I'm trying to think like a little fashionista because I want to look like top notch. I want to be like Ashley because she looked beautiful that day. And did. I'm not humble about it. I'll be <laughs> honest. Every time somebody tells me how good I look, I reinforce that. I'm humble about everything else I think in my life. Not that I look so good that day. I don't know if I'll ever look that good again you but will. i have that one day in time that was captured that's all i need i'm never changing my profile picture again <laughs> i don't care if i have children i don't <laughs> i'm sorry you'll never you gonna be that person yeah you gonna be that person yeah that's fine you'll 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 end up in the feed you'll end up on the story you'll end up in the grid but you're not gonna be my profile photo unless somebody photoshops you in a way that works. I'm sorry, Anyways. but I'm not sorry. Anyway, well, Stephanie, where can people find you if they want to know more? They want to book you. Just give us all the deets. Absolutely. So my Instagram is Stephanie Perry Events. That's S-T-E-P-H-A-N-Y. P-E-R-R-Y events. Um, same thing for Facebook. Um, my website is stephanieperryevents.com. Feel free to shoot me an email, info at stephanieperryevents.com. Yeah, and if you need a quick question, jump in my DMs. I'm always answering questions for potential couples. I One of the biggest things for me is they like to have fun. So if you want to book me, we will definitely be having planning sessions over wine. Love that. Yes. Love that. And the fact that you're like, okay, it's okay to hop in my DMs and ask questions because some of these folks are too bougie for the DMs. And I'm like, sometimes that's where you get the question. Like, you're seeing something. It's like, can we do this? I want to have the copy link and then open up Gmail to drop it in there and send it to you or go to Aisle Planner or whatever the place. But anyway, Stephanie, thank you so much for coming yes. and chatting with us. We already know this is not going to be the last time. We are definitely going to bring you back just for more wedding combo. But then also we are going to want to know everything about your redo in New yes. Orleans. Like we are going to need the details. We're going to need to see the pictures once it's ha- once it happens, like all of that. Yes, I'm so I'm, I'd love to come back. This has been so much fun. Um, but yeah, stay tuned. <laughs> love it and honestly that's gonna be here before you know it like it sure is it sure is i started like in the three-year mark see i was looking for my venues but my ideas changed but it's moving fast oh we can't wait (laughs) (laughs) if you ever wanted to find anyone that has ever been shouted out on this show and all 300 plus wedding vendors that have been shouted out, which is a wild to even think of, but you will be able to find them on find.huidu.com. So if you don't remember what we said, or you're listening to an episode later and you want to look that person up, or maybe you don't remember how to spell their name or what have you, you can always go there and easily find them. So just a little mental note, but Tania, where can people find us? You can find us on whoido.com. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, TikTok, and you can find Ashley at Demi Tosh on Instagram and Twitter. And you can find me at Bell Story on Instagram and Twitter. Thank you again. We'll be back. See y'all next week.